The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin. In Texas. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. So buckle up and join me for the wild ride. Welcome back to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. And today I am very excited because I'm joined by Erin Leachy. And actually, you said it sounds like a martini, dry martini, whatever. Martini. <laughs> Leachy martini. Leachy martinis. Those are my favorite. And I, when I met you, you were one of my favorites and my husband's. And you've got that whole Rachel from Friends thing going on. I had to bring that up because you. I, people keep telling me this. Oh my God, I posted a picture of Jennifer Aniston's look at the Oscars, and everyone was like, that's you, you're doppelganger. I'm like, oh my God, okay. You are. You don't see it. Like it's a the little. first thing to see. Yeah, you look exactly like her. Exactly. So but that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Everybody loves Rachel. Anyway, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you. And I wanted to get into with you because obviously you're in the you've just joined the New York Housewives. Congratulations because you girls are absolutely killing it. I love the fashion. I love the friendships. I love everything. I mean, first of all, let's let's look at that because how was it coming into a show? Obviously, I know a lot of the old girls and I didn't think you'd be able to replace them, frankly, but you're doing a really good job. I think that was sort of the fear that people weren't going to be able to shift their mindsets because it's the same name, yet there's not one person that's the same. So I think that was that was our biggest fear, you know, that people would accept us and, and the dynamic of the new group. It's completely different, completely, completely different. So I don't even think you can compare. No. D- did you know who had been cast or did they keep that secret till day one? Yeah, no, we knew. We knew. I was probably closest with Uba coming into it, but we all knew each other. Yeah. So, I mean, is it everything you thought? Because I have to say, I agreed. I thought that people wouldn't be able to get past it because it was so many years of the old one. And I love those women a lot, but also I've got to be honest, like out of all the shows, I think New York would have scared me the most to join because it has had some pretty special like low loads and kind of crazy women yeah. in it. New York has these wild, wild times. And you girls are very different, whether, you know, you would be forced into this sort of crazy. I feel like I don't think about things before I do them. I just like say yes. So I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have any real preconceived notions. Looking back, I almost feel like we need a little bit more of what the show was before in the sense that like they went out a lot, they went to a lot of dinners, like, you know, they would go out dancing. I would love to see more of that next season because we do that. It just, I think that people, I think also the producers needed to like explain who we are first before 
fully getting into that. But I think next season, everyone's going to see a lot more fun because we have a lot of fun together off on and off camera. Season one is always difficult, to be honest, because there is so I much think so too. introduction to yeah. do. I think the first season, I, I always find them a little bit boring in my head, but then I don't realize that the viewer doesn't find them boring because they, they are genuinely interested in who you are. It's because we all know each other and don't really care. Yeah, yeah and because we have so much fun together, probably like not Normally, in that yeah. context. When does your show come out? I can't wait. We should come out, I think, April, May, uh, quite late. Oh, nice. Maybe even June. We'll, we're, I don't know. It's an endless story. I'm just hanging on. It's coming. I feel forgotten, but hopefully we're coming soon. Our series is going to be very different to the first. I think you just all relax into it. It's a new cast. Everybody's sort of feeling each other out. I mean, especially because you're a businesswoman, right? First and foremost. And I think that that's the interesting thing about doing these shows because you can walk in and then get worried that that might blow up mm-hmm. your life in the wrong way. Did you did you or your husband ever think about that? In a sense, yes. I feel like I had a little bit of experience just because I was on Million Dollar Listing with Frederick. So I knew how to cultivate a storyline around real estate. I honestly didn't show that much of it the past season. And I hope to show more of that part of my life because it's such a big part of my life in terms of like selling real estate. I've been selling new developments since I'm like 22 years old. I've sold like seven buildings in New York. And I love to flip properties and I renovate and I have an interior design firm. So that stuff is so, it's like such a passion of mine that I I can't wait to show that. And also like balancing that with young children in the city, it's very challenging. A lot of women in New York are like me. And I think that's why I feel so comfortable here. During COVID, I actually lived out East for a year. And I remember being like, we're going to do yoga and then go have lunch. Like this isn't my vibe. So I feel so comfortable in New York because of that. And I feel like that's a side that I want to show so much more of like the, you know, all the hustle of getting my kids to school after school, like running to a project, selling real estate. Like it's so fun. And I want people to see more of it. I'm with you. I just started doing real estate, but you know, kind of like by accident because I bought this house completely built it from the ground up, which I haven't been able to do. Wow. Yeah. The house that you're in? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I know. And you know, it's, it's been amazing. It's been such a journey and I was going to do it and flip it because obviously I did it, got it in a really, really good time, but then I love it so much now and absolutely love it that I'm like, Oh, quality life, you know? And so I, we bought in Bali, which is the next one we're doing. And you kind of get the bug. And it's something I love, yep. love real estate. And I love being in business. And I love the, the hustle. And I actually find having been on TV now, what this is my, I think this will be my seventh year, that, you know, you always think, God, I behaved like a twit last night on TV and I was going to ruin my life forever. But somehow it actually doesn't. <laughs> Really? That makes me feel better. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I'm still here. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched Ladies of London, but I'm famous for humping somebody's husband. I loved it. Well, there you go. The humping somebody's... Wait, what did you do? I can't remember. Humped somebody's husband dressed you as did? a unicorn. Yeah, if you, it's it's really easy to find. All you need to do is Google, Google Caroline Stanbury blue unicorn. It'll come up. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it counts, Erin. If you're humping a husband dressed as a unicorn, does it? You can't really take that seriously. 
No, like, I agree. Can with you? you? No, right. That's what I mean. That was no, the whole argument cannot. back there. You cannot. I just you cannot take that seriously. I don't quite understand why she was so upset. For God's sake, who was it? I can't even. Juliet. Juliet. Oh, okay. And by the way, while she was upset, she was dressed as a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> This is like this is the housewife stuff that we have to happen love. again, and this is what yeah. you know. Actually, I really should bring that into Dubai because these girls they take everything so seriously that if we were dressed, as, yeah, if we were dressed as farm animals, they might actually be able to laugh at themselves for a minute. Yeah, they, when you're having, they are pretty serious. Yeah, I think if you you need to take the ego out of these, it it does come with a second series. I think you know. They forget that this is a show and it's fun and, you know, nothing is forever. And, you know, and I do think that it gives you an amazing platform. But as you said, look, you're not doing heart, open heart surgery or flipping houses. So at the end of the day, people are going to see you and your style and your fat. Well, your fashions become more popular than your houses right now. But, you know, that's yeah. not a bad thing either. Totally. How do you choose all the fashion for your show? Because I feel like I, I didn't even realize that people would be so drawn to what I wear, but it's just been like, I mean, I always woke up in the morning and put a good outfit on and walked out of the house, you know, like that's just always been just what I did. So I, I wore like a lot of stuff that I just had in my closet for big events. I hired a stylist and I kind of, I think I want to work with someone next season because it's so much fun and they can, the, the thing about stylists that people don't realize is it's not that they're like fully dressing you and you have no say. It's that they're getting pieces that you cannot find, you know, from like Milan or from Paris and interesting pieces that you can then put together. And I feel like in terms of there are people who are trendy and there are people who have style and people who have style know how to like take a piece and turn it into something really cool with however they're, they spin it. And people that are trendy just put on a look. You know what I mean? No, I know. So, and I, I think the the thing about the show is you're filming for such an extensive long period of time that, you know, not only are you trying to perform a job, get the kids up, but thinking about what you're going to wear the next day. I mean, mm. I used to, I used to actually rail the things that for the week before, because even though I didn't know where I was going, because, you know, the shows, you never really know where you're going the week before, you know, the day before, but it was just the thing of like, how do you perform your normal job? Think so about smart. your clothes. Yes. Yeah. So I'd prepare like one night look because I presumed something would be happening, a day look, you know, all seven days worth of clothes. And then invariably you have to change twice in a day because they'll do another scene. Yep. So it's just, that's a full-time job in itself. You're absolutely, how totally. do you find your stylists in America? Because we don't have a lot here. Well, the way I found this current person who I think I'm going to work with is I did a, Condé Nast Productions actually did a shoot for this endorsement I was part of. And we had to find, you know, makeup, hair and styling. And my good friend is a partner at WME. So I called him. I'm like, send me your best. And I met this woman who's based out of Milan. She comes to New York like every three weeks. And I just like fell in love with her. Because for me, it's with work. When I work with people, it's not just like what they're doing, which obviously is important, but also the vibe. And her vibe was just like, she was so calm. And stylists can sometimes be like really crazy. And she was just like so relaxed and so chic and like just, I loved what she was wearing when she walked in and everything that she had pulled was so me. So I'm like, we need to work together. And she was so into it. I actually have a call with her tomorrow to kind of discuss like what we would do. But what I love about working with her is that she would bring pieces that people can't find here in New York from Milan. 
And that's oh, exciting to me. Okay, well, you may have to share that number with me because I'm desperately I will. only with you though. I'm not giving it up. I think our styles might be different, but I definitely need someone that doesn't drive me crazy. It is funny. Stylists are slightly, I don't know why, why they're so hyper. They're like crazy. They're yeah. loony. Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. So please, yes. And I don't like when they push. You know what I mean? I don't like when they're like, no, you have to wear this. Like, this is the look. At the end of the day, we're meant to be housewives. And also we, we're meant, I don't want to be a caricature. Like I think that we can become right. caricatures of ourselves. And actually this season, I was a bit of a caricature because I do understand that also people watch the show for this, but I do need to find my stride. Like I went from not dressing up at all to, I think this season, probably overdressing and looking at myself and thinking, okay, this is not, you know, not really me every day to wanting to find my style. Thank you. You have such good style though. Like even your casual style, I think is cool. I don't enjoy shopping all the time anymore. As you said, like to build the business, to, to run, you know, young children in New York itself is so hard. Any young children anywhere, but you you specifically, you can't even send them out the back garden. So like you have to keep your kids occupied. And, you know, you don't have as much help as we do in Dubai, I'm sure, because it's crippling the costs out there to childcare. So I don't even know how you do it, frankly, and and stay sane in an apartment. It's wild. It's, wild. it's I mean, thank God for the Hamptons. I always say that like I'm going out Friday right after school just because we have MLK day and then we have another day off Tuesday, which is ridiculous considering we just had two weeks off, but thank God for that. And I I do have really good help. I mean, my nanny has been with us since my daughter was born and she's turning seven. So it's like, she stays over three nights a week and she's just family. So when she's here, I can go to dinner, I can pop in and out. Like it makes things so much easier and a lot of after school, a lot of after school. Your business is so competitive. How do you juggle that? Because a lot of women find it incredibly hard and you lose out to so many men, especially in New York. You know, if you're selling a condo or business, it's about the person that gets there first. Yep, it's true. I think with me, when it comes to real estate, it's so ingrained in me that I'll walk into a listing pitch and kind of like know what I need to do in two seconds. And I think when it's kind of, again, it's like an energy People pick up on that and they're like, okay, she gets it. She knows what needs to be done. Like I love, it sounds so weird, but I love selling difficult properties that people can't sell. Like that's my specialty, you know, like how do you position it? Yeah. I really, I enjoy it because it's, it's more of a challenge. I mean, anybody can sell an easy West village two bedroom, it just whatever. But like one of the things I did is I sold this new project. It was a bunch of conglomerate of buildings in Cobble Hill And at the time, this was like six years ago, I met with Frederick and I remember saying, I want to work on that project. It was called Lich at the time, which I thought was funny with my last name. And he's like, why would you want to work in Brooklyn? Like you should be in Soho. You're a Soho girl. I was like, I want to be in Cobble Hill. Please put me in Cobble Hill. They didn't understand it. And they thought it was so weird. And it ended up being like the fastest selling building in Brooklyn. We won all these awards. And I just knew that Cobble Hill was like the next, I mean, it's more expensive than Manhattan literally. So it's, it's fun for me to like be on the pulse of things. It's fun for me to have, you know, I had this penthouse on the Upper West Side that nobody could sell. It was on the market for like five years, but I knew that if we accentuated the outdoor space and like some other elements and designed, you know, I staged it actually, but there are certain things you can do to sell a property. And all you need is that one person that it's good for, you know? 
I mean, you, you can have a million people come in, but if you're targeting the person that's going to buy it and you know who that person is, you know where to target them. So that to me is like thrilling. It's fun. Actually, there's a show about that, I think, the, the Difficult Property Show. I'm obsessed. I love is there? it. Yes, there's a show about it. Google it. Oh, wow. And they, it's like, uns, I think it's called Unsellable Properties. And they go in and then, you know, stage them. And it's actually, I, I'm addicted to it too. So you, you also stage houses? Well, I work with a stager because I don't have a warehouse to like hold everything in. But I work with this woman very, you know, very particularly where I pick everything and will accentuate different pieces of the property. But the reason I started my interior design firm called Homegirl is because I wanted to design properties for the market and for my clients. So I was selling, I actually had this light bulb moment when I was selling about six years ago, this Tribeca loft. And my client had literally designed it fully for himself. And he used the best architect. I think he spent like a million and a half dollars on it. I mean, it was like a big renovation in this small apartment, but he basically turned a big loft that could have been a three bedroom proper Tribeca loft into a one bedroom. And everything he did was like monochromatic and gray and it was beautiful, but it wasn't right for the area. It's stroller city in Tribeca. Like that's not, you're not marketing the right person. And I was like, I should create a company that designs properties for the future demographic and for you know, my clients themselves. So that's why I started my business. And that's exactly how we do any renovation. And so right now your biggest business is, is interiors. It's kind of both. Like I like to work on a new development project and do my interior business because with new development, I, I know what I'm doing. It's like a well-oiled machine already with me. You can get the client, sell them the, the condo and then renovate it for them. Well, yeah. So in a new development project, I usually, what happens typically is people will come in and then they'll want to sell their previous home. So I've done that a bunch of times where I'll help them sell something that they had, you know, but for me, new development is so easy because I staff it. And then I just like manage the developer and manage the people who are selling it. You know, I'm not there physically, obviously with the show and everything else, but it's just fun. Like, it's just, this stuff is fun for me. That's what I was going to say. So how on earth can you manage that? Because I mean, you know, just being here building this house, I mean, Dubai is not New York by any standards. I mean, you know, what seems obvious to the rest of the world doesn't seem to be as obvious here. If I wasn't on on site every day, I would have windows upside down. So or open, <laughs> they were opening indoors and just crazy stuff. But anyway, you know, how do you manage to do that and the show? Because the show takes three, three, four months solid out of your, like what made you make that decision to do this with the show? Because that's a huge commitment. Yeah, well, it wasn't the easiest. I actually had to bring the crew to one of my projects because they wanted to film. And I was like, okay, well, I'm this is where I'm going to be. So you can come to my interior design project because we were finishing that one up. But I'll tell you, your own home is always harder than a client's. Like when I was renovating my Hampton house, everything went wrong. I had to be there constantly. It was like craziness. But when I'm doing somehow, when I'm doing another client, like it's never that hard. It's always harder when it's your own project. Mm. I don't know why, but it just is. And so do you think, I mean, since the show's aired, has it been like an amazing response? Like as in, has it done everything it thought you thought it would? Because, you know, and the the sort of scare factor's gone. Because I mean, that first reunion that we all do is pretty petrifying. Oh my God, I was so scared. 
Are you kidding me? I was getting those crazy like messages. I was like, oh God, here we go. It's going to be nuts. Messages? Oh yeah. It was in the reunion. Like I, we had a crazy group chat the day before. Oh. And I was like, okay, so everyone's going to come after me, but ended up being fine. I think that we all got the fear that everyone's going to go in there and ruin our lives somehow. But it's never as bad as you think. I mean, mine was pretty terrible. I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually, mine was pretty bad. <laughs> I think mine could have got worse. I'm I'm on for it. I think I'm I think I'm going to be able to sit back and file my nails this time. It's <laughs> not my turn. I got hazed. That's nice. Yes, yes. I'm pretty positive. I'm getting on with everyone. So it's amazing. But I do think, you know, the thing is, it is a fine line because in these shows, you have to have fun and we have yeah. to have a giggle and we have to really sort of bounce around, but also keep a, a line of dignity where we can end up, we can still run a business and go to the school gates with our kids and not embarrass ourselves to a point of no return. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is a fine line. It is challenging. I think one of the things that made me feel comfortable going into it is obviously I've seen other iterations of the show and people go off and curse at each other and just go nuts. Like I just, I haven't done that in my life. So I wasn't worried that I would start now. Do you know what I mean? You were cool as a cucumber. I mean, if anyone could get me to that place, it's probably these people. So we'll see what happens this season. How are you getting on now? Are you all okay now? Yeah, we're all fine. We're all good. I mean, I think we all have different relationships. Like I'm certainly closer with some people than I am with others, mm -hmm. but we're all fine. 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 I know fine. that. I mean, you know, you got haze slightly at the end. Everything became yes. your, your fault. So they blamed uh, me for everything. Everything. And it was honestly very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, even like the stuff with, with Jessel became all me. I, I barely did anything. I didn't know that she had IVF issues. Like I didn't know any of that. And then it was like, ah, you did it. Yeah, I feel like you were quite misunderstood this season. But, you know, that's also not a bad thing, by the way, because they normally come over after the strongest one. So take it as a compliment. When you're attacked every angle, it's normally because you're the threat. And that happens to everybody. So, you know, you've been hazed, you're through at the other side, but it is hard to watch and it's hard to go through. And you actually maintained, I, you didn't cry. I think I cried. I think I cried at a certain point in the reunion. Yeah. But not from them. I mean, I cried though on the show in Anguilla. Oh my God. I think my breaking point. I think people don't understand how exhausting it is to be, you know, to be trying to hold it together and to be tough in these situations, and it doesn't matter who you are, the happiest kind of person that you can be, how hard it is to make this show. Yeah, it is hard. And it's long days, especially on the trip. And when you're the target and you can't get out, you know what I mean? Like you can't escape. It's a lot. Like I, ha I hadn't felt that way since I was like in high school, literally. So what do you do to sort of come down from all of this, from all the work, from like, I mean, obviously you're off now. You're, you're not filming now, are you? Mm -hmm. No. So you've got time off. Like, what are you doing in this time off? Are you really taking a break and like preparing yourself for the next time? Or like, how are you taking care of yourself now? Or how would you suggest? It's a good question. I mean, probably not enough. I'm working like crazy. But the break that we just had off from school, we went away for like two weeks to, we went to St. Thomas and we did like boat trips to the BVIs. We were with two of our, my best friends growing up and like their families with their kids. So all the kids were playing and it was so nice. Like I literally 
Caroline, I did not look at my phone. Yeah. And it was the best. I think that's, that's like the, the break that I think people don't realize they need, but really need it's from the phone, you know, and like disconnecting and just not always being like available or like looking at Instagram and commenting and texting and email, like, and also the world is quiet at that time during Christmas and new year. So it was just like such a nice break. And I felt like I really needed it. And I feel like I need more like little vacations, you know, just to like, to do more of that. You know what, Erin, it's that you hit the nail on the head and I do that all the time. And I've, I think it's the biggest thing. I mean, I haven't got to the place where I've done two weeks and switched off the phone. And I'd really love to do that because the phone gives me such anxiety and I'm somebody that needs to answer everything straight away because I feel like it's rudeness. But I'm off to Ziggy Bay on Monday. Then we're going to Africa for three days to Serengeti. Oh. Then we're going mm-hmm. skiing. Then we're going to Houston. Then we're going to Australia on a part of the tour we're doing. But like those trips are like the moment I'm on the plane, it's like I decompress. Mm -hmm. And actually, I have someone here now who does like human design and all of this. And I'm learning more. She just said you you live on reaction to everything. You're so reactionary. Whereas you need to just, you know, change the way you live, because like today has been one of the craziest days I've done. I've literally done two interviews. I've met with a surgeon. I've like repainted our house. I've done, you know, our masterclasses. Your head's in so many different places that I think I'm going to actually look next year on how to redo my entire day so that I don't Mm. schedule myself to this extent so that you do sort of have like even an hour just to lie down and switch off your phone or do something that's completely for you. I love that actually. Yeah. It's so nice. I could use that too. But I think you just have to do it. You have to do it because, you, you know, you're in season two. Everything is going to get crazier and crazier for you. Yeah. You're going to have like, you know, as you said, stylists, agents, offers, jobs. It doesn't get easier. It only gets worse. So, you know, it's up to us to reschedule and say no and set those boundaries, right? As women. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. It's reminded me of something when I was getting ready for some event. My makeup artist was here and my kids, I mean, they're little. So they were like running in circles around us. And one was like eating on the couch and I'm like, move over there. And the other, you know, the other one was doing homework and he's trying to get me ready and take pictures. And he was like, this is crazy. And I had like a moment where I was like, my life is truly just insane. Like, it's just not normal. So I think like taking maybe even just like an hour in the morning. I mean, for me, working out does that a lot. Like, I mean, just going to the, to either a workout with like a friend or like being with a trainer or just like doing a workout where like a Barry's where I'm like running and like listening to music, it does help me zone out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I I would wish I did more yoga because I feel like that's where you can really connect, but that's been helpful to me. And also just like the release of endorphins, just like gets my mood up. But yeah, I like that idea of reorganizing your day so you can have an hour of peace. An hour of peace with no one, like not even a friend. And I think that's what this woman's teaching me, whether I'm a creator or a projector and all of this, because I have to be everything to everyone. And that's just, I'm always in control, which I think you are too. And I think that it's so important at some stage just to go, okay, if I'm not functioning right, then, you know, all of this falls down, right? And, you know, I've realized the older I get, the more and more, things are going to come to me anyway. You know, like I think I was scared of not 
getting everything that I wanted, but I've realized it's coming regardless. What's meant for you comes, right? right? So it's now just about picking and choosing and actually being more precious with your time and taking better care because also the show is so fucking nuts that, you know, the stress levels from those four months that can age you, like seriously age you. You know, it's not, it's funny, but it's not really funny because in our normal day-to-day life, you don't really encounter women coming at you this way. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, I have like best, best friends since I'm two and that I'm still close with. And I have really like positive, good friendships. The thing is, is that like in any friend group, things come up, you know, but there's just like this pressure between you know, certain people that want to ignite things, I think that just adds a whole other layer of like intensity. And also there's like this nervousness going into it that like someone's going to come after you. So there you have that sort of underlying everything else that you do on a day-to-day basis. So what it is with reality TV is it's like a hot box, right? Yeah. It's a hot box and also your new friends. So you don't exactly know like when they what say triggers what triggers them, what their line is compared to your line. Right. And, you know, what the drama is going to bring, because some people just feel like drama might be good TV. And also when you do sort of trigger somebody, how they're going to come back at you. It is an exhausting, exhausting cycle. And I think, you know, as time goes on, I mean, my first show was harder because it was my actual family. But as time goes on, you're going to learn, you know, it actually weirdly gets easier because you care less. Right. Yeah. And also caring about the comments and those people that that was hard for a season. The advice that everyone gave us was do not read the comments. No, like, do, do not. not read but, them. You, but there's no way around it for a season, I feel like. Now I've learned. But the first season, you just like you want to know what people are saying. So we all did it and we all got crazy from it. All of us. And once you care less about those people that are like sitting in their basement saying horrible things to you online, that's when I think you can really relax and just like be on the show. You know, that that's like the hard part, in my opinion. It is the hard part. But when you block out the noise, I mean, again, you're probably you've had how long of a break now? We had a long break because we... I think they wanted to film like a different season in New York. Yeah, that's what we had to. Spring. So, uh, so you're ready to go back. Doesn't I? You know, isn't it fun to go back now? I feel like it's way more fun this time because I, I feel like I know what to do. Good. You know, or I know, I, like I know what to expect. Like I had no idea how how the scheduling would be, and the scheduling was really hard for me because I'd like have to just change my plans or my work plans or you know my kids pick up at the drop of a hat if like we had to do a pickup scene. So I didn't, I didn't know how that worked. So I feel like now going into it, I get it. You know, what are your new year's resolutions and what do you want for season two? Well, my new year's resolutions are to definitely be more present because I, I was very present on this vacation and it felt really, really good. And I realized that I need more of that spending more family time, you know, or at least being there when I'm actually there instead of being on my phone. I'm excited about growing my businesses. I feel like I'm at this place where things are a little bit calm, but like, you know, when things start to bubble under the surface. Tipping point. Yeah. Like I'm starting to feel things coming in and I have this mezcal business that's just been really growing so fast. It's just very exciting time. And for the show, I hope that like I, we filmed a lot of personal parts of my life last season, but 
I guess they didn't make it because I, I was involved in a lot of the things going on with the other women. So I hope that I can show more of my actual, like my family, my parents, my, my siblings. I have four younger siblings. Like there's a whole story there that people don't know about. You know, I grew up in the city. Like that's another part of me that people don't really fully know what that means, you know? Erin, you know how to get it filmed. All you have to do is take two of the other girls with you. Then it will make camera. I didn't know that. It was like <laughs> yes. being my sister or being my dad. And I was like, where are all these seats? Yeah, not happening. You've got to take another person with you. Rule number now one. Should, yes, take them with you. It'll get in. Well, I, we're all really excited to see what's next for you. Thank you for coming on to Uncut and Uncensored and taking the time. And I certainly love watching you. And you remind me very much of me. And uh, I love your foot and mouth disease on the show. So keep going because you definitely make me laugh. Oh my God, that's like my thing. <laughs> yes, it's your thing. How does everyone find you, Erin? You can find me on Instagram, Erin Dana Leachy. I need to get my TikTok going. So don't look there. But thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And come to New York. I know. I have to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. Thank you for listening. You can catch my new episode of my podcast every Wednesday. Please don't forget to follow so you don't miss any of the action. I want to hear from you, so leave me a rating and a review. Follow us on social for all the behind-scenes action and more information at Uncut and Uncensored by Caroline. See you next week.